is Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. Oh, welcome one, welcome all. We are ready to roll. We are recording with you. What is this? Tuesday afternoon. The sun is out. I'm shot out of a cannon. Roberto may or may not shit his pants. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> but no, we've got a great pot for you. In all seriousness, uh, Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN draft expert, ESPN international scout, the guy who founded Draft Express. We talk with him, give you a little draft preview. Now, if you're not into that, that's okay. Because for the first time since last year, we're bringing back the listener mailbag. Your questions for us, and I'm sure that'll lead to other things. And maybe we find out why Roberto hoed us out with a very controversial Monday sick day. It's right now on Always Aggravated. All right, so we talked about it. I said to these guys, I forgot about this. We did it once, and the response was great, and it's fun, and it gives us a chance to just kind of, well, get ambushed by Sully and the listeners, but it's a listener mailbag. So your question, Sully, we basically have done this day of. We haven't sat on anything. It's all real time. I think, it, what was it, 8.15 this morning? I said, hey, what do you think? Listener mailbag. Let's, let's, let's unearth it. Let's exhume the body of that yep. and roll one out. I didn't want to go double basketball. I didn't want to force any, uh, any, any baseball on people. I, I thought, Let, let's do this. So the listener mailbag. You start wherever you want. Do your thing. Yeah, we got tons of responses, both Twitter and Instagram. So, and look, there's my some. My God, th- is he talking loud into that microphone? <laughs> you think so? Oh, <laughs> my God. I don't have any headphones on. This me. kid. No, I mean, there's there's plenty of questions that we got before, too, but plenty of new ones as well. So, let's start out with kind of a fun one. And this one is for you, Mike. This is actually in reference to something you said before on the podcast. Oh, sure. What is your 30 second rundown on how to perfectly. Grill a pizza. 30-second rundown how to grill a pizza? Perfectly grill oh, a pizza, Perfectly. Yes. I mean, time you go. Well, you need a pizza stone. That's number one. Put the pizza stone on. Let it heat up for about an hour. Get your pizza stone to at least 500 degrees, preferably 600 or 700. And it's even better if you have a big green egg or a kimono joe. Then you use a little bit of flour on it. Put the dough on there. Don't mess with it. Cover it. You should be done in four to five minutes. Easy. Nice. Delicious. I prefer charcoal. That's me. 22 seconds. Wow. Well done. Now, now. Hey, listen, you want to get into topping combinations, I'll be here until Thursday. <laughs> oh, no. No, I, 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 here's what I want to do. Here's what I will do. I want to have you guys over, and we will do a pizza night on the grill. What if you have a square grill, though? Like, I have a propane... Yeah. Square, like rectangle grill. All right, so what is it, narrow? You can't get a pizza stone on it? (laughs) I'm sure I could. Okay, well, here's what you can do. Now, now, if you're going to do it that way, it's pretty simple. I'm not kidding you. You could easily put a pizza pan on there, or it depends if you take care of your grill. you got to oil the grates, and your your grates can't be too wide. You could off the pizza, off the board. Oh, my God. You could slide it right on. That scares me. Don't, yeah, but see, you can't touch it. Gotta the grill, it right, grill yeah. cannot be too hot in that instance because you have no barrier to the flame. Then you're more baking that puppy at, at 375 to 400. If I'm you, it's got to be a pizza stuff. Yep. But no, it works. Man, with, this it, sounds good. I'm getting hungry works. now. No, if you want, <laughs> wow. we can we can do it. I would be more than happy to, to I'll, I'll do a web series for you. I'll teach Quattro you how to do formaggi. I know. Don't, don't, don't flirt with me. With the, I know exactly what restaurant does that. I know what you're doing. I'm not. I'm not going to give him a plug. Mm. 
They also do. Well, forget it. I, we, we're not going that road. Right. Next question. Yeah, this next question. Place. I think this might be difficult for Roberto to answer, no, it's but just... it's you have to at least have an idea of what you're going to say to this question. Do you love your wife? If Roberto could only listen to three albums the rest of his life, oh, what would those that. three oh, albums shit. be? We're gonna be Mike, this is going to be... No, on, this, these are the types of questions that Roberto has to answer. This, this is, is going to be good... like the Ten Commandments. We're going to be here for four hours. This is a good, difficult right. question for Roberto. So let me rephrase the question. It's fun. You're on a desert island, and you're alone. No wife, no kids. They died in the shipwreck. You are by yourself for the rest of eternity. There's not another woman there. You will never be rescued, and you will not die. You are on that island for eternity. The three albums that you can somehow put in a Ziploc and weren't water damaged. <laughs> right. The first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, is my record collection is in four genres. So it's rock, metal, jazz, hip hop. Well, you would only be, listen, the three. No, no, it's five. Albums. And then R&B. And I got five. I got to bring down to three. You're, you, this is the rest of your okay, life. Okay. So one hip hop one I'll throw in there. I'd have to bring uh, Tupac All Eyes on Me. Oh, that's so good. Nice. Can you imagine uh, Roberto? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Imagine this scene. Roberto in a loincloth burning alive because he's bald and it would have no sunscreen on this island. He's malnourished. And he's laying there like a beached whale, listening to Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Yeah. I, honestly, even <laughs> if someone found you, they would leave you to die. All right. So All right, Tupac, okay. by the way, I'm stunned, Mike, at this first answer. Shock. It's a good one. I, I like that He went Tupac, one. All Eyes on so Me. So let's go rock. I would have to go, you know, something that is good front to back. I mean, something where every, every song has to be good because you're on a desert island. You can't be skipping songs. That's all you got. So maybe I'd go with... Uh, Maybe like the first Led Zeppelin album. And, uh, and then maybe I'd throw some R&B in there. I'd throw in like something that's timeless. Maybe I'd, I'd bring like a Al, Green, Al Green's greatest hits. But why would you well, want R&B when there's no hope of romance? Well, just for myself. <laughs> oh, oh. That's the only romance you're getting anyway, let's be real. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I should have like a female artist. What I the hell is he doing with that coconut? Yeah, maybe I, I should have some like Lil' Kim or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it's going to be Foxy you. Brown, uh, uh, a China doll. No, that's true because remember the first Foxy Brown album when it came out, I would just stare at that CD cover oh my God. and the insert all day long. Oh, of course. The oh, music wasn't that great. Oh my. Everybody calm down. <laughs> Mm. All right, that's a good answer. So, like so wait. Good so, question. just so we're straight, the guy who's the music aficionado. I and by the way, I can't wait for people's feedback on the Instagram. They're going to kill me. The three albums that the <laughs> Lord of Music is taking to the island for the rest of his life: Tupac, All Eyes on Me, <laughs> Led Zeppelin. Quote that first Led Zeppelin album. Yeah, and Al Green. But you know, you know, because you can't please everybody. Well, you know, somebody would say, "Oh, what? You need to bring you two, Radiohead, and you know, all this bullshit, man." Uh, Radiohead, I would not bring. Got to say, I'll leave it at that. Let me take a minute to talk to you about our sponsor, the D Las Vegas Getaway. Relax, have a good time. You won't want to fight anybody. You'll be at the D. Everything you need, completely renovated, enjoy all the comforts of a Vegas hotel without spending a ridiculous amount of money. And if you're into the nightlife like Roberto is, <laughs> let me tell you, he toured every inch of that long bar. Mm. Oh, he wrapped his arms right around it. He embraced it. But downtown's got a lot going on. So if you're like Roberto and you want to walk around by yourself, hey, Godspeed, you'll have a great time. It's Vegas. There are no rules. And you know what else they're doing now? 
fantasy football draft parties. Right now, $40 a person, you get your own man cave, like the ones we've talked about for March Madness. You get those for four hours, minimum of eight people, and the man caves include four big screen TVs, your own private cocktail server, and the first drink is free, along with a draft kit for the group. Food packages, discounted room rates are available. So, you want a book? Call their sales team, 702-388-2200. That's 702-388-2200. It's the D.com. It's the D. Las Vegas. It's your home for sports in Vegas. All right, Mike, this one for you. What would it take for you to love the sport of hockey again? Jesus. That's from T. Evans on Instagram. Probably... Well, locally where we do our show, having the Red Wings be like the Red Wings of 0809 or, or 02 or the late 90s, having them being compelling would help. Having them be must-watch TV because that's my job. But truly, I, I just grew out of it. I It used to be my favorite sport when I was a teenager. I adored it. I loved it. But I, I think this job probably takes away the ability to just love everything because you're, you're not left with a whole lot when you're doing this job. I mean, not if if now if you're going to do it like a lot of the broke dick losers who do it around America, and you're not going to watch anything, and you're not going to care. Well, that's different. But I actually care. Like I actually watch. I don't know. Like, did I really need to watch the NBA Finals last night for my listeners? No, because this is a shit basketball town, and no one cares. But did I watch Game Five? You damn right I did. I don't know, man. I think it would be more time. I think it would be maybe not having this job, but ultimately. It would, for my job purposes, having the Red Wings be relevant again. Because the one time you don't need to watch a team is when they are completely irrelevant. And that's where, again, no disrespect to anybody, but what topic do the Red Wings present us? Zero. Now with Stevie Wyback. Now it's a start. A plan, now, a, a well, three-year plan, or whatever you want to call and it. And now with the young kids that are starting to play, and now with the guys like Zadina and whomever they'll take in the draft that they just got screwed in. Thank you, lottery. That that those will be the reasons to watch. But Mike, I don't know that there's a whole lot. You know, I love college sports. That takes away from the pro sports. I love the NFL, and I watch it nationally and locally, both for pleasure and for work. Well, how much time left is there? I'm a huge baseball guy. That's time. Oh, wait, basketball is now my favorite sport. I just, you can't be all things to all people. So here's my suggestion. You fall in love with it. Somebody on this show start loving hockey. Leave me alone. <laughs> Not happening. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> Bring back the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> this next question for everybody. At this point, and this is kind of a deep question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. At this point, is work more about the paycheck or the great camaraderie that you all share with each other? That's from Robert on Instagram. Well, I was going to let you guys make fools of yourselves first. <laughs> I'll, think about I'll, that I'll, I'll answer. Well, the here's, here's, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, guys, it's no secret. Of course, we're not working for free. We have to make money, as you right. famously say. But, uh, <laughs> but it's it, a fucking it, hobby. It helps when, of course. I mean, it helps when, when everybody gets along, when everybody likes each other, and, and you have people that you work with that you enjoy working with. Of course, that, that's, that helps. No doubt. Camaraderie is huge in terms of how the show flows, too. Well, you all, of course, are the reason why I like working here. The only reason I like working here. Mm. Um, but, yeah, money. I, I mean, 
I, I love y'all, but I, I got kids, man. I need I need that money. <laughs> this is a okay, career. Prince Fielder. I'm dumb. I'm probably the only guy that would would do it for free. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you would pay. You would but pay no, them to be. Here. Yeah, but uh, you know, when everything's firing on all cylinders and and we're laughing and and you know everything's just going perfectly, that's the ultimate instant gratification mm-hmm. that you get. And that, but, to me, is when that's happening, that becomes bigger than money. The problem is when you're operating on full tilt and every, you're right, when, when it's the symbiotic relationship between all of us, everyone knows what's about to happen or what needs to happen. Everyone plays their part. And you have that, that perfect vibe with the listener on that given time, on that given day, on that given month. You can't do that every day. It doesn't work like that. You aspire to it. You try. But some days, I mean, hell, like some days uh, you're not going to get listener interaction because, oh, wait, our teams fucking stink. Or maybe our topics were off. Or some days. Various things, yeah. Various things. But you're right. I think that's what makes it hard, but it also makes it addicting is that you you want that. And Mm -hmm. that's where, yeah, like working with you guys. I think we have more of those moments than about 99% of radio shows in this country because, well, most radio shows aren't very good. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's the truth. Like, I'm a radio geek. I listen to radio around the country. I don't like a lot of radio shows. Yo, your show stinks. Yeah, cool. I get paid every two weeks. My, my point is, and that's why you can't please everyone all the time, including yep. yourself. Like, I have, I, I'm with Roberto on this. I have such a high standard for what I want because I want that feeling. That feeling is a drug. It's like crack. It is. And you those are the days, and I'm not now, again, don't don't give this place any ideas, but it, those are the days where you're like, you don't really want to get off the air. Mm-hmm. You just want to keep rolling. <laughs> just keep going. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I have an idea. Let's extend your show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, but, like, no, it's, it can never be about, I, I always think it's a bit of bullshit. When people say, oh, well, it can't be about the money. Yeah, well, bills <laughs> yeah. disagree. Yeah. You know, the way you want to live disagrees. I, I, it, it's always going to be about money. But having a relationship with my guys like I have allows me to pursue the money at a higher clip, you know, at, at a higher dedication factor. And, yeah, on more days than most guys, unfortunately, aren't lucky to have, enjoy doing it. I guess it's the way I would answer it. Having the team effort is that it gives you the, it's like having a faster car. It just gives you ability to drive faster more often. Whereas if you don't have a good team, or if you're, again, if you're like a lot of old school radio guys and you're just an asshole and you don't care about your guys (laughs) and you treat your guys like dick, well, then you're driving a moving van with a governor in it. And now your fastball ain't so fast anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I would look at it. Well said. I'm going to be selfish here on this next question, and Roberto's going to cringe when, oh, uh, when I read this no. because it's music-related, but it's for me, which I love. Oh. So, Sully, who are your top three EDM artists, which is a genre <laughs> oh, that Roberto gosh. hates? Not in my collection. He's not the only one No, I love it. this. I, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> Do someone— Do they even make EDM on vinyl? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's big on vinyl. I would love to hear your wife's reaction to you bumping like a Vici in your basement on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I'm ex- I, I'm, I never get asked about music. I'm excited that someone cares right, my opinion okay. on music. All right, go ahead. Real Jesus. quick, right, top pontificate. three. One, Avicii by far. Two, rest in peace, by the way. Two, uh, Chainsmokers, two, love the Chainsmokers. Roberto just flipped you off. Three, I will say, that's where it gets tough. Love Tiesto. Seen him a few times in Vegas. I'd put him up there. 
I put Tiesto three. Uh, I, I there's there's a guy Matoma's fantastic. Uh, Kelvin Harris is great. All right, we're losing the audience. But no, I, I, I let me <laughs> let me stick Tiesto there at three. Love it. And those would be like. Avicii, number if, one, if, for sure. If I go into the record store or I look at charts or something, those are like the main guys. Those are like, is that just like you liking like fringe stuff or those guys like the... It depends. I mean, those, those are ten. certainly bigger guys. There's a, there's a million. Right now, it's the hottest genre on earth. Yep. If, if you're being honest about it as a music person, you don't have to like it, but it's the hottest genre it on is. earth. I mean, the prices these DJs command. It's, it's stupid. And again, I, and, I, and I also do get what Roberto and, and music or audiophiles say, which is, well, they don't play instruments. Mm -hmm. They play on their iPad. Or, well, their computer. I, I think an iPad would explode if you attempted to compose right, some music. Some might. <laughs> but no, I, I, I get it. You're right. It's I just think they're two separate things. I get what Sully... See, I don't disrespect what Sully's saying. No, they're not the Rolling Stones. Okay? It's different. But life moves on. Society moves on. Well, guess what? This is what millennials really love. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy some of it. Now, right. I don't like it to the depths that Sully does, but... There is a catchy angle to it. There is something about if if you're at a, a well, barbecue it's or designed oh, it's to great. Be. And that's yes. something, maybe that's something that bothers me that it's overly thought out to be what's the catchiest thing that I can well, jam into your no, brain. No, well, no, here's what it is. What's the catchiest thing that I can make you purchase for ninety nine cents? Rest in peace, iTunes. Right. But that's really over <laughs> the course of the last ten years. The development of iTunes, I think, played a big role in where music went. Where yes. now yes. it's about the single. You don't buy albums anymore. Mm -hmm. There are albums I love that I can listen to song one through song 12. It will tell a story. It, it will have multiple kind of directions it will go. Right. That's not what we're doing anymore. Yep. Now you go, you get what you want, when you want, how you want it. And, and even, okay, iTunes is dead. What's not? Spotify, mm -hmm. Pandora. Spotify specifically, you choose what you want, how you want, make your playlist, it's there, shuffle button, Hajbadilla championship. Spotify's a huge one, too, because not only paying 99 cents for a single, but these artists that have one huge song and they get .06 cents per, per stream... Mm -hmm. I mean, look at look at that little Nas with the Old Town Road song. He has one song and he has you know five hundred million streams on Spotify, making point zero six cents per stream. It's point crazy. zero six cents. I just don't understand why that song's popular. Oh, it's huge! Right no, now. I know. I, I yeah. don't understand it. My <laughs> kids catchy. love that. No, but yeah, it and, sounds, and that's the thing. You've it seen sounds the like stuff. a kids' bop version of Johnny Cash. Dude, it's you yes. play it at the club or you play it in elementary school. It's yes. crazy. Talk about reach. It's wild. Look, Big Power's doing what they're doing. They're raising prices again. And Power Home Solar, they're trying to help you. Don't pay high rates and increases. Pay yourself. Go solar today. Power Home Solar makes it easy to switch to solar, hooking you up to battery storage with your installation. Yes, solar works when it's cloudy out. Stop being ridiculous. It'll produce more energy than you use, and now you can store that energy for later. Own your power. Stop renting it. Power Home, number one residential solar provider in the state, and they are seeking to continue. Building that movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar's right for your home. Go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Give them a call. 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own your power with help from Power Home Solar. So this one's a very simple question. It says, Mike, what actually makes you happy? 
uh, not being at work. <laughs> lots, of, lots of stuff. I don't know. I mean, I guess that is one of my biggest problems. I think people really don't understand what it is we do. If you get me talking about things that naturally piss me off, why are you surprised or why would you think that I'm a miserable person for being pissed off? It's like asking a trial lawyer what actually makes you happy. Do you think trial lawyers go home and then cross-examine their wives or husbands? I, this is my job. Like, there are plenty of days I laugh my ass off. There are plenty of days I get angry. I mean, a great example. Again, we broadcast in Detroit. Our four teams are so reprehensible and are such abject failures. What am I supposed to be happy about? What am I supposed to be able to take pleasure in or, or sell you on? There are plenty of things that make me happy. I'm not going to read you some list. You would know the answer to most of those. My wife makes me very happy. Aww. My family makes me happy. The Aww. actual people in this world who I are real friends make me very Your happy. Dogs. My dogs make me happy. Horses make me happy. Not being in this place makes yeah. me happy. Yes. There's a lot of no, things that good. make this me for happy. For people that are wondering, yeah, this, this is, is good. good. A good cigar and, and a ah. quiet 45 minutes. Cooking dinner for family or friends. Reading. I like lots of shit, but I don't get to do that stuff on the air. I am paid to do a job. And unfortunately, we go through these long periods of time where I've got to be a little bit of a bastard because our teams are absolute garbage. There's got to be a way to merge the two. There's got to be a way that during the show, I we know can, what it is. We can barbecue, smoke cigars, read a book, drink. We have dogs not, in the studio. It, uh, no, I, I'll tell you what it is. It's not doing terrestrial radio <laughs> yes. for a publicly traded company anymore. Yes. It's, it's just doing a podcast it's just doing something different and at some point in my career that that, that definitely will happen i'm not doing this the rest of my days it's, you know the, the not this literally i mm -hmm. mean the, the everyday radio show mm -hmm. by by these rules i mean hell apparently we've just been handed rules today that i'm gonna need a lesson on so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later that's a surprise my point is Yes, you can do all of those things, but you've got to have the Joe Rogan deal or or uh, uh, what is it, Joey Diaz or, you know, you've got to have a podcast and you just play by your rules. Let me tell you something, dog. No, but I'm envious of those guys. Those guys have <laughs> built a really nice business and they do a hell of a nice job. That would be so funny to sit on a couch, smoke a cigar and do a podcast. Oh, I would do there that. you go. All right. What else? Last one. What do you mean last one? <laughs> Roberto just signaled Sully one more. We're running out of time. Last one here for everybody. What is the best sports moment that you watched live in person? Can I go first just so we can be done? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go Trouble ahead. with the snap for you? No, I wasn't live and in person. Oh, I thought you were. Oh, you that's think right. I was going to no, that, that was hellhole? At, that was at Michigan. You're right. Yeah. No, I, hey, David, you want to go first? Go first. No, you go ahead, Mike. All right. Well, it, it's a one and one A. I can't really separate them. One would be 2007. Lambeau Field, night game, was supposed to be Red Favre's last game. Watching the Giants kick a field goal to go to the Super Bowl with my dad, that was phenomenal. It was minus 33 out. My boogers were frozen and fossilized. Couldn't feel my feet, but it didn't matter. It was that the moment you get to see your team go to the Super Bowl and you're doing it in someone else's stadium, and it was overtime, it was a Saturday night game, it was unreal. But, and then 1B is not the actual Rose Bowl. It's not the moment that Kyler Ellsworth makes the stop where, hey, we're going to win the Rose Bowl. It's not that. It's the moment you realize you're going to the Rose mm. Bowl. It was Jeremy Langford splitting the safeties, 
and sealing the game on that. I think it was a 35-yard touchdown run. That moment, you know. Not the stop on Braxton Miller, not any other play in that game. It was that moment when he split those safeties and they missed his, his, his right foot and he's in the clear and you go, holy shit, we're going. Like that moment was the first time you let yourself breathe because I had been there two years earlier, the Wisconsin Big Ten title game. And the the way that that went and how it was ripped from us, I never allowed myself to think we're doing this until that moment. Those would be the two best. I can't separate them. It's impossible. David? You have I one that comes can't to really think of one. I know. I, I, can't, I can't think of a game I was ever at where something was on the line. Yeah, or, I've never either. been to like a real like, so game for that Roberto, It would be like a loving spoonful live show on Bourbon <laughs> yeah, I mean, Street. I, see, I, I, was, I could equate it to that, but I won't. Do I it. was there for trouble with the snap, or for uh, you know, in Columbus when when MSU won. Yeah, but um, you're a Michigan fan. <laughs> the coolest moment for me, which was just gonna, you know, you guys know I'm a huge LeBron fan. I was in the arena in Cleveland when at the queue, LeBron's first game back. From Miami, when he, it was, I mean, it was just a crazy electric cool. atmosphere. Introductions, yeah, first game back for the Cavs. Uh, it was crazy. That'd probably be mine. Here's what I'd like to do too, as we as we wrap this thing up, and we learn David has no soul and has never watched a cool sports moment. I, I watched them, yeah. I've never been there in person. It's going. You know what? I hope you're there in person when Baker Mayfield drops a bomb on your ass. <laughs> Go Browns, go. You're going to that Browns-Steelers Thursday night. What about the, about about uh, yes, the moment last year, David, when we were all at the Patriots-Lions game when the Lions beat the Super Bowl champs? That, has that to be was a good very one. exciting. Yes, sure. Here's what I want to do <laughs> in Sully. Find out, find out from the people, since obviously I'm not a part of social media. Find out from the people, if you guys like the mailbag segment, if you want us to do this more, I would love to. No, we'll never do an entire pod that's a mailbag. But I, I wouldn't mind bringing this back every once a month or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. I don't, and I, you know what? I know you're going to ask. I don't know why we haven't done it since November. I have no holy idea these why. These are all awesome questions. And I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was blown but away. But if people this want it, leave a comment on one of the social media accounts. Tell us. I want you to guide us on this because I'll be honest, I kind of enjoy this stuff. Well, Sully here. I want to talk to you guys about Coppercraft Distillery, Holland, Michigan. Now, look, I've talked to you guys about Coppercraft for a while now, but it's so true. If you haven't tried Coppercraft, just go give it a try. Whether it's their award-winning bourbon, their award-winning whiskey, gin, they got vodka, whatever your drink of choice is, you can try it. And it's also it's also great to support a local Michigan company. Of course, if you're down at Comerica Park this summer, don't forget, swing by the Coppercraft Distillery Bar in right field. You can't miss it. You know, it's a party up there in right field. A lot of people go up there just to have some drinks, enjoy the nice weather, and watch some baseball. Coppercraft Distillery. Learn more. CoppercraftDistillery.com. And, of course, you can go check them out on social media. They have a really good Instagram page. They're all over Twitter, Facebook. You can browse around there and take a look at all of their great products that they have to offer. Coppercraft Distillery, Holland, Michigan. Coppercraft Distillery. Never when it's young, only when it's ready. Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN draft expert, ESPN international scout, the guy who founded Draft Express. Jonathan, appreciate it, man. I'm glad we could work this out. No problem. So I got a bunch of things for you because I am fascinated by you. Every time I've heard you on with Woj, some of the stories, I I just, I have to start with this. You got to take me inside an event I'm never going to get invited to, the Sloan Analytics Conference. That has to be quite a scene. (laughs) What, what, What is that exactly? Uh, it's a conference 
for people from all over the sports world, a lot of business people, a lot of people in academia, and you know, there's a, a lot of panels. They've you know, they'll have like Adam Silver, uh, Bill Simmons, Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, you know, a lot of famous people, and probably the best part of the conference is kind of being outside the panel. It's just you know getting to network, meet people, I mean, from all over the globe, people come for it, and just a lot of really smart people in, in, in one building, and um, it's it's a cool event. Yeah, it looks it. I'm sure as hell I'm not getting the invite to it, but yeah, I, I had to ask. Every year I see it, and I'm going, man, that guest list is something else. But we had, uh, I know we had you scheduled, and it's it was funny, because people have a certain idea of what scouts do, and it's not the reality. Like, you know, obviously, we had to reschedule. You have a, you, you got to go to Europe that day, and people think, "Oh man, that's got to be amazing." But I've heard you tell Woj the stories. But like, what what does that itinerary look like when you have to go over, and you've got to knock out X amount of players, X amount of cities, etc.? Just for people, how brutal is that? I mean, you know, it's tough to complain, but um, you know, the travel. Uh, I'll be in Latvia for two nights in total, you know, trying to watch three days of an event and trying to just get in and out as quickly and efficiently as possible, you know, flying through Moscow in the middle of the night. And so, I mean, it's, I'm not going to complain, you know, but the travel, uh, you know, you, you have to kind of know how to sleep on planes and how to overcome jet lag. And that's just, you know, that's just another thing that you learn kind of. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you sleep on a plane. It's absolutely impossible for me. I, I, I think I've slept a total of seven minutes in my life on an airplane. I don't know how you've done it, but I need some tips. I think it's I'm lucky that I'm five foot nine and, you know, I was in the <laughs> army and so I kinda of trained myself to, you know, fall asleep, you know, it's just at the blink of an eye. Anytime you get an opportunity to you just you just pass out and because you know, you're not gonna get another chance to maybe for the rest of the day. So it's just something that you uh I mean that some people are Everybody's kind of wired differently, I think, and so I was lucky that I can do that. So you're you're obviously the draft right around the corner. Your latest mock is out. I don't want to waste time on on Zion or Ja. I mean, we've talked those players to death. I'm, I'm more interested, kind of, in the other guys, and and maybe start here. You know, there's probably going to be a lot of first round picks at play in this draft. At least that's that's the feeling. But what do you think the pick is that? multiple teams are gunning to move up for. Do you think there's a certain pick in your mind that teams are going to be eyeing to go up and get? It feels like that a lot of people are trying to get out of the draft right now. You know, especially there's a big drop off, you know, between 3 and 4 and then and from that in that 4 to 15 range, I think there are a lot of picks that could be had there. I think that you know, kind of beauty is in the eye of the beholder there, and people are wondering, you know, am I going to get the typical value with the fourth or fifth pick that I expect to, you know, looking at you know, the last 15, 20 years. And so uh, that, and that'll be interesting, you know, like if there is enough interest in those picks, if, if a team falls in love enough with someone there to be aggressive enough to go and move up because it, it might be a little bit of a softer market um, for trades. And I've heard from teams that are in the twenties that said, we're not, we don't see a whole lot here or 
teams that had traded their picks already saying, thank God, you know, we, hmm. and we, 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 you know, we were able to dump a contract on the luxury tax, whatever it might be. And so, and, I mean, I think the closer we get to the draft, people, people end up talking themselves into players and they always think that they can fix a guy, you know, he's got some character issues, but we can rewire him. And so, um, I think there's, there's going to be some activity. You know, we had a stat the other day saying you know, 7.7 first-round picks are involved in trades on draft night, you know, on average the last 15 years. And so there's going to be some movement. Do you, I, And I've seen Phoenix kind of rumored. Obviously, they've needed a point guard for what seems like five years, and they refuse to get one. I know in your mock, you've got them taking Jared Culver, but – do you think Phoenix is maybe that team that just opts out, as you said, trades it for a veteran point guard, just gets out of the draft? It depends what's there for them. You know, I mean, if if somebody's going to come, if they can get a Mike Conley or a Bradley Beal, I think they'll be all over that, you know? Or do they do they look at, you know, Alonzo Ball, you know, and maybe the Lakers say, well, if we have four... And six, maybe that's a better package to go get Anthony Davis as opposed to, you know, what the Knicks have to offer, the Celtics or the Clippers. And so that's where, you know, these multi-team trades can maybe come together. Uh, You know, I mean, the Suns have been bad for so long. I understand why the idea of drafting another 19, 20-year-old just isn't appealing. And so question is what 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 can they get and um i mean i think what they're saying publicly and privately are two very different things right now and so we'll see i mean the, the problem is that i don't know if if a team is going to offer the kind of value that you want from the six because like we just talked about it's not you know the the a guy like Jarrett culver or deandre hunter and does that does that get you excited enough to move off a guy who is you know a potential all-star i'm not sure about that Give me give me a guy you feel you have a better handle on than any other player in this draft. I mean, Zion aside, I think we all agree there. But a guy you just feel like, my confidence level in how I feel about this player is higher than any other player in this draft. I mean, my job is to know everybody in the draft, and I've been scouting a lot of these guys from when they were 14, 15, 16 years old. And so, you know, we're... Where some or a casual fan might not know a lot about, like a Goga Batadze, for example. You know, I was just writing a Skyner report that's going to be published on ESPN.com the next few days, and I went back to my notes, you know, dating back to 2015. You know, when this kid was 15 years old, and so, and having you get to sit down with him, you get to meet his family, you get to, you know, at every stop along the way, you continue to refresh and you see him in different settings. It's a the Adidas Euro Camp, or it's the, with his senior national team, or you know, at the, in, in the Euro League, and so you know, you get to see a guy in so many different places, and you kind of track his evolution, and you learn as much as you can about him from all the people around him, and it gives you a pretty good picture of where of where he is. But I mean, a lot of this is going to come down to Fit. where the player ends up. You know, I mean, is it? There are good organizations that develop players, and there are some teams that have a little bit of a shaky track record with what how they've you know 
um, developed guys over the last few years. And so that's what a lot of this is going to come down to. You know, the draft is only one night. What are these guys going to do when they have money in their pocket? Um, are they going to get the minutes to develop? I mean, that's so much of this comes down to opportunity in this league. And so that's the part that's a little bit more difficult to forecast. So, all right, who's, who's a guy you think five years from now will look back and you go, hey, this guy was the biggest steal of the draft? You know, a guy that you don't have projected in the top seven or top ten, but you feel could be that Antetokounmpo or, or that, that guy at 15 or 17. Who's a guy you think is you're going to look back and go, man, they stole him? Well, I don't think there's any Antetokounmpo's in this draft, but... I mean, I, I keep hearing people saying how Grant Williams from Tennessee is going to end up being a second-round pick. And I just look at that and I say, well, this guy is, you know, he's Paul Millsap all over again. You know, I mean, people are missing the boat on him. Sure, he's six foot seven, and he's not the most athletic guy, and uh, he didn't shoot a million threes in college, but this guy is a winner. He's tough as nails. He's extremely intelligent. He's the highest character player that you'll meet and my history of the draft tells me you trust those players i mean those guys are going to find a way to squeeze every ounce of talent that they have and so you know if he ends up with a good franchise i think he's he's going to end up being uh, a starter for a long time in the nba we're going to wonder how the heck did that guy slip to the second round uh, let me offer you a guy and I'll give, maybe you'll laugh at me. I, I love this player, and I'm really intrigued to get your thoughts on him. Uh, Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga. And I know you have him at 14. I love this kid. I just – is that another type of candidate you'd go, hey, I could see this kid blossoming into something way more than the 14th pick in the draft? Yeah, Brandon Clark is interesting because people are all over the map on him. A lot of teams have told me they wouldn't touch him until the second round. Why? Wow. I understand why they say that because he's six foot eight with a six foot eight wingspan. He didn't make many threes. He's turning 23 years old. And so you look at that guy and you say, well, what is he in the, in today's NBA? I mean, how many guys with a six foot eight wingspan who are 205 pounds can play on the interior because he's essentially, he's a small ball center. But I think you have to look past that a little bit and you have to say, this guy has short arms, but he led the entire country in blocks. So obviously he's got something else going on for him. He's a freakish athlete who's got incredible timing. And I think he's going to develop into a multi-positional defender. And, yep. you know, you don't score 17 points in 28 minutes per game if you don't have some ability. I mean, this guy never misses. He shot 70% from two. And so I think that he's a guy that, um, I'd be interested to see where he ends up because he has to have the right players around him. You want to pair him with a big man, you know, like a Porzingis or like a Carl Anthony Towns, you know, a perimeter-oriented guy that he can play off of. Um, Space. Yeah, exactly. And so he's going to be a really interesting one because yeah. people are really all over the map on him. Let me give you two guys that I think the average – well, I'll tell you what, let me back this up. Here, all right, I will give you what I think could be the pick that either gets a GM an extension or gets him fired. I just want to know your take on the player because I'm scared to death of him, and it's you've got Atlanta taking Cam Reddish out of Duke at eight. Where are you at on Cam Reddish? I'm skeptical. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, these type of guys who are, you know, they they they. they 
you want them to be better players than they than they actually want them themselves to be, they very rarely end up working out. You know, and so mm-hmm. I look at the talent, and you know, he's so his body and the shooting stroke and the mobility, and you know, he played point guard in high school, but he's you know he's big enough to guard power forwards, and so you know, theoretically he has everything, but just you know, you talk to people that have worked with him and all that, and there's there's a lot, there's plenty of reasons to be skeptical there, and and so you know, I'm he he's a tough one, you know. I mean, he's the kind of guy that makes you think, okay, being in the media isn't so bad, you know, <laughs> because I would hate to be on the board at you know at eight or ten, and and he's right there, and you're looking at the option, and you're saying, there's not a whole lot here. Let me just swing for the fences on this one. And, um, you know, I think he's a lot of his deal is going to come down to, you know, who do you pair him with? What are the expectations? And if he goes in the top five, I think that's that's going to be Oof. just maybe too much pressure for him. So it's going to be an interesting one as well. Uh, the mystery man, obviously, people didn't get a chance to see him play because he played for about 10 minutes at Vandy and got hurt. Where are you at with Darius Garland? Obviously, you've seen a lot of him prior to his stint at Vandy. Yeah, it's another really tough one, you know, because, you know, even in the minutes that he did play, I mean, there were there were some real flashes, the pull-up threes and the ability to play pick and roll. But, you know, he had more turnovers than assists, which is, isn't ideal. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, that's, um, I would be, considering where he's I'd, I'd be petrified to take him. Pick, that'd be tough, you know. Right, I'd be petrified to take him at four. But yet, you yeah. know, yeah, there he is. I, I just shake my head. I go, oh, man, that type of pick can get you fired. No question. Um, all right, so who is, and obviously, international scouting. You're you're a guru at it. I mean, who is the international mystery man who is your favorite of the lot? The guy you like the best, you think has the most surefire ability to blossom into, like, that next Siakam, that next international guy. Who's the mystery man people need to know? Well, Sekou Dembouya is probably the most obvious candidate for this. He's not a mystery to NBA scouts. Um, you know, I, I've watched him play in 2016 at the under-18 European Championship. He was playing up by three years there, and he was, you know, he helped them win the championship, and he was named to the, you know, first team. Um, he, you know, takes a lot of boxes with his size and his length and, you know, he's a multi-positional defender, and he seems to be blossoming at the right time. He has 34 points in his last regular season game. He's only 18 years old. He'll be the youngest player to step foot on an NBA court since Giannis Adetokounmpo. I mean, since the age limit went in, you just don't see guys that age. I mean, he should be a high school senior right now if he were mm. here in the U.S. Um, so he's he, he's going to be a really interesting one. He's probably going to go somewhere in that 8 to 14 range and, you know, has some work to do on his offensive game, but you know, there's just not many guys who are, you know, six eight, six nine, as athletic as he is, who can, can play all over the floor. When you've talked to teams and talked to people around the league, is is there a player that you think runs a risk of being a surprise drop on draft night? A guy who falls on draft night? I'm curious to see where Kevin Porter ends up. Yeah, USC. He's got some fans in the top ten, but there are a lot of teams that have told me they wouldn't touch him at all, just because. They're worried about the background intel. They're worried about, you know, how inconsistent he was this year. He, you know, he averaged 
under 10 points a game and the track record of guys who averaged, you know, single digits and went in the first round really isn't great. And, you know, how good of a shooter is he? You know, he only shot around 50% from the free throw line, but I mean, the ability is, is impressive at 6'6", can handle the ball. He's a freight train in the open floor. He's got a phenomenal frame. He can handle the ball. He can, you know, step back threes. And you know, there's a lot to work with there, but, um, you know, a lot of teams have told me that they, that they're, that they think he might end up dropping. And so he, he's, he'll be a guy to watch on draft night. You know, there's a team in the twenties end up plucking him. Remember like Robert Williams, for example, mm-hmm. dropping last year all the way to the end of the first round. I mean, I, I could, I'm not convinced that Kevin Porter is going to drop, but that's a candidate to uh, someone to, to keep your eye on, on draft night. Well, the last one for you, and it's a kid who obviously he got hurt, but he was projected last year. He was going to be a big time, big time player. Uh, I know you've got him at 20. It's bowl bowl. Uh, what, what do you what do you, again? It's it's very similar to Darius Garland thing. But what is your read on him when you actually scouted him? I mean, is there a chance he rises? Is is this kid just going to continue to drop? What is Bobo? Well, Bobo is a top five talent in this draft. I mean, you just don't find guys who are seven two with a seven seven wingspan who can shoot threes, who can block shots, who can handle the ball in the open floor. He's got tremendous touch around the rim. His footwork, his body control, I mean, it's, it's exquisite. The problem is that he's been hurt. And, you know, it's a, when you're talking about a 7-2 guy who's coming in to the NBA with a broken foot, that's scary. And then, you know, he's 208 pounds. He's very, very far from being able to hold his ground from a physical standpoint at the center position. And then there are question marks on top of that. You know, I mean, how good is his work ethic? I mean, what... what what kind of, you know, how is he going to acclimate into an NBA locker room? And so um, he's a guy that, you know, probably for that reason slides outside of the top 10, but there's still some GMs that really, really like him. And it wouldn't shock me if someone ended up making a trade on a draft night to go and get him. Jonathan, really, really appreciate it. I know you put a ton of work in on this stuff. It's a great listen. Uh, obviously, Draft Express, obviously, with ESPN, you've been published everywhere. Really, really appreciate the time and uh, look forward to the draft. Thanks for having me. You got it. All right. Thanks for listening, as always. And if, uh, again, uh, as always, if you'd Uh, subscribe and pass it on. Spread the good word, as David does every Sunday. (laughs) Uh, Radio.com, iTunes, always aggravated. We will talk to you next week.